In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know last week I promised you Father John, but as you can see, much has changed in the past week. Half of our church is gone. You're courageous to be here, to receive something profound, which is divine consolation. Today and at every liturgy, we become, as St. Paul says, partakers of the divine nature. God's body and God's blood enters into our bodies, sanctifying, healing, and protecting us. Just recently I read to you, maybe a few weeks ago, some of the prayers of preparation of communion. Just ponder over those prayers a little bit and think about what it is exactly that we are receiving in Holy Communion. The healing of souls and bodies, to life eternal, the sanctification as a protection against the passions and against the works of the evil one. This immense medicine that we receive in Holy Communion. And this is what you've come for, to taste of the fountain of immortality amidst a swirling, fomenting sea of uncertainty, danger, and fear. You have come to receive God himself, the one who is, who exists eternally. This clay receives the Eucharist and becomes consumed by it. We're transformed and transfigured. My brothers and sisters, what occurs is beyond our comprehension and is invisible. We see and taste the bread and the wine, yet through the Holy Spirit, our compassionate Lord Jesus Christ perpetually sacrifices himself on the holy altar of every Orthodox Church everywhere so that we can partake of the divine nature. In this time of fear and uncertainty, we need God even more. We need to receive His medicine, His body, and His blood, as well as His sanctifying holy unction, His blessed holy water, His holy oils. Yet the present situation makes us apprehensive. I wanted to offer today a timely talk given by Archbishop Makarios of Kenya. And this is what he says. I would like, in view of the situation created by the presence of coronavirus that has terrorized the world and numbered thousands of victims worldwide, to note my humble thoughts to reassure when we are communing the body and blood of our Lord. We had difficult years in the 80s and 90s in Africa when AIDS was fatal, and especially in the East African region where it literally killed and killed millions of people, mostly young. I remember the Africans were afflicted when information was circulated about the potential of transmission through the divine gifts, the body and blood of our Lord. At that time, we were seeing on a daily basis how many of our people lost their lives, and there was a terror in people's consciousness, their thoughts and their actions. It was so frightening seeing in front of our eyes every day that our loved ones were passing away. Then there was no provision or protection yet. The spread of this deadly disease was pervasive and there was no way to stop it, no matter how much people wanted to live, especially the young. 
So as I read daily about the current situation created by the emergence of this new deadly virus, I would like to testify on my own when the AIDS virus literally killed the people of East Africa, and specifically here in Kenya, and especially in the Maasai region, we were visiting the Maasai people, and we did not have a permanent church yet. We were operating in the open air under the trees. The people, in addition to AIDS, had other communicable diseases. Indeed, African clergy seminarians of the other tribes in Kenya, and also our clergy seminarians from West Africa, Nigeria, Cameroon, and Ghana, were troubled and somehow created a kind of insecurity and uncertainty. However, I was not scared nor lost my hope and courage. Next to me was an army of angels and saints who were my spiritual fathers and counselors at every step and in my decisions. I had them by my side and they guided me to where I needed to go and live to help people better. Fear, anxiety, and uncertainty has no place in this path. I don't want my writings to be considered self-promotion. I have lived daily through the mysteries of our church, especially that of the Holy Eucharist, all of which sanctify and transform man over time, where the union of earth and heaven ultimately takes place. I read the various responses to the subject of divine liturgy with the appearance of the coronavirus that really terrifies everyone. They are concerned and do not want to go as far as to say that they do not believe it, though they may doubt it. I worked with the Maasai people loaded with AIDS and other communicable deadly diseases. The priests and deacons, when they saw what was happening at the time of the Divine Communion, were afraid, for they had to consume what was left in the chalice. In their seminary classes, I, as their liturgics professor, was telling my religious students what is inside is the Lord's body and blood. Now we are in the countryside where everyone, so very sick, was passing through the communion line with all sorts of illnesses and above all the flies and mosquitoes that were falling into the chalice. After the people communed, I raised the chalice and told the priests and deacons that there is only the Lord's body and blood, regardless of the presence of all these germs. So I raised it and said, this is one, how one consumes the gifts. And I, of course, swallowed it all. They stayed silent and looked at me more carefully now for what was to come. And of course, the miracle happened, not only then, but other times. This is the moment when the Holy Communion becomes the medicine of immortality. It is here that we feel the presence of the, the God of love and forgiveness, who accepts us and sanctifies us eternally, preparing us for the unrelenting love of God, so that in the end we will be led to our salvation and our permanent transformation. Mystery that has the seal of infinite love and acceptance by God for his creatures, his own creatures. This is our orthodoxy, this priceless treasure that is today the hope of mankind. Some strong words indeed from his own experience. And again, that's Archbishop Makarios of Kenya. Today the church also provides us two very timely teachings on this very day. Today we commemorate St. Gregory Palamas, Archbishop of Thessaloniki, and he is celebrated within the church because he taught, as the church has taught and believes, that yes, we can partake in God. 
We can become one with God. And this teaching was fought against in the West. And his notable opponent was a theologian named Barlaam, who said, no, you can't really participate in God, because God is divine and we're created beings. Essentially, he's up there and we're down here. And so St. Gregory said no, through his own experience on Mount Athos, of the uncreated light, like on Transfiguration. He said, we can partake in God's divine energies, in His presence in our lives, His grace. And this is the consolation that we need on this day. We can participate in God Himself. The Gospel also teaches us, in this Gospel reading about the paralytic, we see that Christ performs two miracles. Did you catch that? Two miracles. The second miracle was rise, take up your pallet, and go home. The first miracle is that he said, My son, your sins are forgiven. It is miraculous what he does in that moment. His sins are washed away. He is completely cleansed. And what we learn from this gospel is an order of priority. What does Christ do first? The more important thing. The thing that brings about the accusation of blasphemy. Who is this that can can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. But he does that first. Teaching us, this is where the important thing lies. Because right now we are all praying and hoping and desiring for bodily health. And may God grant that to all of us. Continued health. But that can't be our primary focus. If it is, we will lose hope because our body will die. Whether it be in the next week or in 50 years or 100 years, our body will die. So if that is our main hope and our main focus, then we lose our focus. My son, your sins are forgiven. This is the miracle that our Lord offers. Because He offers this miracle to each and every one of us. But what's the key in that equation? Us asking. You see, for the paralytic, his friends asked. Because his friends were the ones that put forward that show of faith. Said, let's open up this roof and get him down there. But for each of us, we must ask. Ask our Lord for forgiveness. Not in a moment... Not just once in a while. Not we go to confession and then everything is good. But every day, day by day, hour by hour, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Because this is the healing that we actually need. And if He keeps our bodies healthy, or if we get sick and He restores our bodies to health, thanks be to God. But our bodies won't be joining us in eternal life. We'll get newly restored bodies that won't be prone to corruption. As for these bodies, they'll keep on failing us. So whether it's through virus, or sickness, or injury, or any other thing, our bodies are not meant for immortality. So in light of all this, what can we as Christians do? As I said very clearly in the email to the parish, we must pray. We must pray. 
Because as much as we may be concerned about the physical health of all those who are afflicted by this, we must be concerned about their spiritual health. Because for whatever reason, God has allowed this pestilence to exist upon the earth. And He has allowed it to spread. So we can offer our repentance to God on behalf of all of humanity. Forgive us all, Lord. Grant us your mercy. Grant us eternal life. St. Paisios said who, he was well acquainted with hospitals because he had much injury or much sickness later in his life and cancer, which ultimately led to his death. St. Paisios said, when you pass a hospital, cross yourselves three times. He said, cross yourselves once for those who are sick that they may receive healing and consolation. Cross yourself again for the people who work there in the hospital, that they may receive strength and be able to continue their work. And cross yourself again because you're not there. So let us in this time, because a cross is a prayer, offer our crosses, offer our prayers, offer our prostrations, that God will grant us forgiveness of sins, and yes, if it is His will, bodily health. Amen.